Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Christine and I'll be your online host for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text me to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. And attention all parents, don't forget to visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids so you can download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. Our teachers are so excited to meet with the kids and there will be a kids worship, a lesson and games. So come and join us. Being at home, I've been spending a lot of time on my phone. I love discovering new apps and my recent favorite app is an app called Mint. It helps me keep track of my budget and spending habits. Now, share in the chat room or tell a person next to you your favorite app. It can be a productivity app, a social media app, a gaming app, or any other kind of app. So once again, what's your favorite app? Also, we love seeing you tuning into Thrive Church Online, so take a selfie of yourself tuning into Thrive Church Online and post it on all of your social media platforms and be sure to tag us at hashtag Thrive Church Online. Alright everyone, get comfy in your seats and the anticipation is real. I can't wait for today's message, so let's jump into it. Hello everybody and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB, I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive and I'm so excited to welcome you to an awesome Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If you're a first time guest here, this is your first time visiting us, you are our VIP, a guest of honor. We're so glad that you're here. And in fact, just to say thanks so much for spending your Sunday with us. If you wanna go to mythrive.info and touch the button new to Thrive, there's a gift waiting there just for you. It's your very own stainless steel Thrive church water bottle that we would love to send straight to your door just a way to say thanks so much for spending time with us today you guys are a beautiful church inside and out in fact why don't you just do something with me right now we just welcome one another to church today we say that welcome is not just what we do it's who we are and so with that in mind if you're sitting beside someone watching the service would you give them a high five a handshake a, a hug or maybe air it they will air high five air handshake air hug it uh if whatever is appropriate if you're in a chat room right now would you tell the people in your chat room it's great to see you here Let's greet one another. Let's welcome one another to church today. You guys are awesome, and it is so good to have each and every one of you here. And uh, I want to tell you something is that next week we're doing something really exciting, is that next week we're starting a brand new series here at Thrive, and it's on money management. And if you have been ever curious about what the Bible says about money management, if you could use some help in that area, trying to figure out, you know, how do I manage my finances, especially in a time like this, then we hope you'll find this series on money management really helpful. It's a mini two-week series that we're going to be doing over the next couple weeks, starting next week. And we'd love for you to come, invite you to invite your friends if you want. And it's hopefully going to be a super helpful, informative, practical series that I think you're really going to 
can enjoy as well. Well, that's next week. That's our money management series next week. But today is super special. We've got uh, something very special for you guys. And before we get to our very special guest who's here to bring the word of God to us today, would you grab your Bibles up right now? Uh, This is what my Bible looks like. Maybe yours is a paper Bible. Maybe you brought a phone and it's got the Bible in it. Either way is cool. If you've got a Bible with you, why don't you hold up the Bible like so in the air right now? If you want, and you're you're watching this, you you can point to my Bible if you want. If you don't have a Bible, just for fun. This is a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message right now. Let's say this together. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, hey, if you're new to Thrive, you're, you're new to church generally, you're, you're kind of new to faith in the Bible, we are so glad that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive is a safe place for you, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find some community, some encouragement, some hope, uh, maybe even some answers to some of the questions that you're asking. And if that's you, we'd love to invite you to go and check out MyThrive.info where you've got a whole bunch of different resources there, next steps that you can take depending on where you're at on your journey. We'd love to help you in any way we can. If there's ways we can be praying for you, you can hit that prayer request button or send us an email at info at thrivechurch.ca. If there's any way we can help you at all, we'd love to hear about that and would love to let you know. We'd love to connect with you in any way. Well, today is a very special Sunday and we just finished a series actually here at Thrive. It's called Happier You. And uh, we were so excited to do this five-week series talking about secrets to a happier you. And uh, I don't know about you, but I so enjoyed going through that series with you. I think I was helped through that series as well. And uh, today, uh, as sort of a bonus addition to our Happier You series, you're in for a treat because Pastor Tim Ashoey is here to bring us an unofficial bonus addition to our Happier You series. Every time Pastor Tim is here to share the Word of God with us, we are so incredibly blessed. In fact, he just celebrated his yet again 28th birthday uh, just a few uh, days ago. And so would you please not only invite him up and welcome him to the stage, but we give him a bit, would you wish him a, wor- a happy birthday as well? Let's welcome Pastor Tim up to bring the message to us today. Praise God. Give God a big hand, a big shout, and let's pass together right now. Thank you, Pastor JB. You're always so kind. Thrive is a wonderful place to be, and uh, I know these days people are looking forward to getting back to see each other in a physical way. However, uh, that day will come. It has not come yet, but we're, meanwhile, happy with what God is doing, excited that uh, lives are being touched uh, in this time, and we're so thankful. This morning, I want to talk to you on the subject of the ultimate happy. Say that with me. The ultimate happy. And I'm turning to... uh, the book of Romans chapter 14, where it says in verse 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, the kingdom of God is the ultimate as we see it. And some would describe the ultimate of the kingdom of God as heaven when we arrive there into eternity. But regardless of how we understand it, 
I want to say this morning to us that the kingdom of God is the ultimate. And the Bible tells us that we can enter it and we can have the joys of the kingdom of God in our life starting now and right on through into eternity. <clears throat> you know, this has been an amazing series. I've so enjoyed listening to the series and entering into discussions around it. And we are learning that there are many things, even in this life, that can make us happy. Uh, we know that many people are looking for the ultimate high or joy in life because basically I believe that's birthed into us. Uh, there's a desire to be happy. And if we're real mature people, we want to make other people happy as well. And so I, I have the basic belief that really we all want to be happy. If I was to ask for a show of hands today, how many of you really want to be sad? I, I don't think I'd get a lot of responses, but if I ask the question, how many people want to be happy, I know there's a lot of people that are going to say yes to that one. Now, we know that sin gives momentary pleasure. Hebrews chapter 11, 25, uh, speaking of Moses, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Uh, I think it's well put when it's said the fleeting pleasures of sin. Uh, sin comes and goes, but you know there are certain things that are eternal. And what God gives to us is eternal. It's not a fleeting thing. It is a remaining thing that is wonderful and long-lasting and again the ultimate happy, the ultimate joy. Uh, the Bible tells us that, that Moses refused the pleasures of the world. He rather chose to suffer than just have the pleasures of the world. But we know in the end, ultimately, he experienced the pleasures that are forever and ever more. What a choice he made. <clears throat> There's human natural things that God has put into our lives to enjoy. The Bible tells us he gives us all things to freely enjoy. And as, as long as it's not sinful, we know sin causes destruction and death, uh, those other things that I'm referring to, uh, these natural things God has put into our lives to enjoy. He gives us all things freely. That's, that's our God. He freely gives us things that we can enjoy in this life. <clears throat> I'm flashing up a picture this morning of, uh, uh, I was, as a boy growing up, I, I loved horses. And it was a thrill to me to get on a horse, ride that horse to the max, and as young guys, we always, you know, like to uh, do all we can with the horse. And, and that horse gave me so much joy. Not quite a name for that horse. We had two horses on the farm. One's name was Fly, and uh, it was named Fly because Fly was fast. I mean, wow, could that horse travel quickly. The horse that was really my horse was called Larky. 
And uh, when I would walk into the barn, uh, we, had, we had this kind of relationship, this horse and I. When I would walk into the, the barn, the horse would kind of snicker and, and uh, let me know that she was happy that I was there. And uh, I would talk to her and she would respond back in different ways with different motions and so on. What an enjoyable experience it was for me to have this horse. Um, uh, there's many things in my life that, that give me joy. Uh, you, you, might be, you might be different. Another thing that g gives me joy is when I get onto an airplane and uh, we take our flight. Many times upon leaving, I just for some reason like to go to sleep for a minute or two. I, I zone out. And then when we gain altitude, I love to read a book while I'm, while I'm flying. Looking down from about 30,000 feet down, I feel like I'm perched as a king in this high place where I can read a book and not be disturbed, and it brings me great joy. I know some people who play golf, they, they hit, hit that ball, and when they hit that ball and they see it go hundreds of yards, uh, that is a thrill to them. And I think ladies, I, I, you know, I have two daughters, and I, I remember them growing up, and they used to like to dress up. And uh, they'd put on these beautiful clothes, and then they'd come and stand in front of me. And I remember once we were we were with our children. We took a little journey to Edmonton, and and uh, they were kind of doing a little bit of a dress up thing because we were going out shopping. And and uh, my eldest daughter came and stood in front of me, and this is many years ago. And she said, "Dad, look at me." And I thought, "Wow, beautiful." And those are things in this life that make people happy. Uh, it's my understanding that one of the greatest thrills is after the pain of giving birth, a mother has the greatest thrill of seeing that child alive and in her arms. So many wonderful, joyful things. You know, driving a, a baseball out of the park if you're a ball player, that's, that's a great joy. Uh, the elation that comes from achievement after hard work, the, that is a great joy. After having run a race, uh, as a young boy, I was a runner. As a teenager, actually, and a young boy, I was a runner. And Oh, crossing that finish line with somebody behind me and me being in front was one of the greatest joys of life. The joy of graduation after hard study, those things all give us great joy. But you know, the Bible talks about different, different things that bring us joy. John, the apostle, said, I have no greater joy than when I see my children walking in truth. What great joy that is. What joy it is. You see, we, are, we, we were born, we were created to enjoy and have joy in our lives. Nobody wants to sit down to a meal and have it the worst tasting meal in the world. People just wouldn't buy that. They go to restaurants. Why? Because it's good tasting. 
<laughs> it tastes so good. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to be back one day. Now we realize in all of this, you know, we need boundaries and discretion in terms of, of our joy. You know, the Bible talks about us, uh, us humbling our hearts and fasting and praying and doing different things that are in contrast to just being living on a high of joy all the time. There's a time for everything. There's, time, there's a time to be sad. There's a time to mourn. And there's a time to be happy. But we believe that happiness is definitely an overriding component in our life because the Bible teaches even when we go through these difficult times, we come out happy. We come out joyful in the end because we have overcome and we have won a battle potentially because of prayer or whatever. But some people would say, you know, but Jesus was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and that's all they see about him. However, there is another side to Jesus. Uh, Jesus talks to us so much about uh, the joys that we can enter into. In John sixteen twenty four, he said, ask and receive and your joy will be complete. John 17, verse 13, he says, Say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy within them. Listen to that. Full measure of my joy. He didn't say just a little bit of joy. He says, I want them to have a full measure of my joy. Acts chapter 8 and verse 8 Philip went to Samaria, and there he preached the kingdom of God. He preached uh, a powerful message to those who were bound by demonic spirits. Uh, they were held captive, and that message came to that city of freedom and life in Jesus Christ, and it was the message of the kingdom of God, the, the, which is the rule of God. And in Acts chapter 8, the Bible tells us the, the outcome of his message in that city was there was great joy in that city. Joy took over that city as he preached that message. Acts chapter 2, verse 28 confirming what we're saying about Jesus wanting us to have joy. It says here, You have made known to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. You know, the Bible says also that the, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So we know the ultimate place that we will, we're all headed for as believers and those who know Jesus is, is heaven. And if you have not found Jesus in your life, I encourage you to bring him in so that you can experience something of this joy now and also for all of eternity. We will challenge you at the end of our message on that a little bit more. <clears throat> Acts chapter 13 and verse 15 uh, the Bible tells us there in verse 50 uh, uh, that the disciples were filled with joy and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I've had the wonderful privilege of being around people over the years when the Word of God has been preached and people have been prayed for uh, by groups of people or by individuals. And a Christian practice is to lay hands on individuals so that they'll receive the Holy Spirit. And so many times I have watched people absolutely overcome with joy because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we have so many wonderful promises and so many wonderful illustrations of how God wants to bring us joy. Romans 12, verse 12, it says that we are to be joyful in hope. And if we're in affliction, we need to be patient. And we should be faithful in prayer. That's all part of the mix. But uh, God said, I want to mix joy into, into your affliction. And I want to mix joy into your prayer. Galatians chapter 5, 22, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit operative in our lives, one of the outcomes of the Spirit, operative in our lives, is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on. Jesus said he would give us the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Isaiah chapter 55, 12 you will, says, as a result of your encounter with God, you will go out in joy, and the Lord will be glorified as a result. You know, the book of Isaiah, some have said, is a Bible within the Bible. And it's, uh, there's a, the number of chapters is uh, the, the number of uh, books of the Bible, etc., etc., but the book of Isaiah, if it's, if it's a Bible within a Bible, and if it's giving us any message, there is a message in the book of Isaiah of joy repeatedly. It is, it is told to us that we can have joy. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion. There will be shouts of joy heard, and joy and gladness will be there in the morning. Sing for joy, you heavens, and I will give them joy in my house of prayer. Some people say, house of prayer? Joy? Isn't that a sad place, you know, where people are just kind of groaning? Well, that can be part of it, but the other part of it is God says you can, you, can, you can have amazing joy in my house of prayer. The generations, Isaiah said, will know and they will be joyful. Our text today is Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of either eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the theme or the subject of the kingdom of God for a moment. When I say that phrase, kingdom of God, what does that mean to you? Well, to me, it means that... There is a king who has a domain, and kingdom is really like two words, king and domain. Uh, 
And we want to understand this morning that the kingdom of God is where the king has dominion. It's his domain. And so we are urged to move into the kingdom in the Bible. The message of, of the kingdom was preached by Jesus, was preached by the apostles. And it was really telling the listeners, there is a king who wants to take dominion over an area, and that area is your life and even beyond your life. And when that king in that dominion or in that rule takes charge, life is so much better and there is so much joy. So let me put it this way. Let the kingdom of God savor and enrich everything in life. Let me put it another way. Let King Jesus and his rule have first priority in your life. And I want to say today when we're talking about Jesus as king, we're talking about a good, good good king. His name is Jesus, and he's a good king. There is no better king in the universe than Jesus. There's all kinds of kings. There's all kinds of kingdoms, but Jesus is a good, good king. Just had a lot of uh, elections, and in, 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 in some ways, you know, these, the people who are elected are uh, as a king was in the past, they, they kind of are little kings in our world that are ruling over certain areas and in government, et cetera, et cetera. And when we cast our ballot, we're, we're hoping for uh, a good outcome or we're looking for, if I could use that terminology, we're looking for a, a good king who will rule over our nation and be there in government to govern even as a king in the past would have governed. I know there's some different uh, ways of understanding this, but that's kind of the concept and that's kind of the idea. Back in history, Israel wanted a king like all the other nations. At one time, they said, we want a king, and they all shouted out, and they wanted a democratic process to take place so that they could elect their king and they substituted human kings for God who was to be their king. It was always God's intention that God be king. It's always God's intention that Jesus Christ would be king over everything. However, hum humanity in their fallenness and lack of understanding go for other kings and other kingdoms rise out of the king that they appoint. And of course, Israel was told at that time when they were seeking a king, if, if they uh, elected their king, this, is, this would be the outcome. There would be taxes, there would be this, there would be that, and it wouldn't be all so glorious as they thought. As a matter of fact, it would have been much more glorious had they just maintained God's kingship in their lives. 
And so, we want the one who is right and righteous to order our lives and order everything around our lives. And so we want God. We want the kingdom of God. We want the rulership of God. And when we have the rulership of God in every component of our lives, our nation, our family, whatever it might be, we will have a happy, enjoyable ending in all of the, all that happens. So we want to let him rule or order our world. We want him to rule our thoughts. We want him to rule our hearts. The Bible talks about letting the peace of God rule in our hearts. We, we want him to rule the way that we live in our family, in our, in our relationships, in our work, in our play, in our music, in our finances, in our time. I uh, was talking to somebody not too long ago about their time and uh, considering maybe giving some time to God every day, um, every day of their life, but especially at least once a week to give a couple hours to God. And uh, I was quite challenged when the comeback from them was, you know, I am so busy with my life and my business and my family, I really don't have any time left over for God. I thought, this is sad. The one who created us deserves something back from us. Matter of fact, we should should want him to govern every component of our life and whatever he asks of us, we should be willing to give it. That is how the Garden of Eden was. When we look at it, the Garden of Eden was not disobedience. Initially, the Garden of Eden was not keeping God out of our lives. The Garden of Eden was all about God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. And God was the center of it all. And the, and the place was beautiful. The Garden of Eden was like, a, like heaven on earth. Why? Because the kingdom of God was ruling there. You see, so important. It was heaven on earth. A pleasing, pleasurable place. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be nicer. Every, everything was done God's way in the Garden of Eden until the serpent entered in. If this is true, then, we should seek the words of Jesus and, and, and follow them intently where Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we are to seek first his rulership. Let the king take dominion in everything. Give him dominion in everything. Jesus wants us to freely give him dominion as king. Seeking first his kingdom, 
means we're placing him in first place as king, as Lord of all. Let the king take dominion in everything. Jesus wants us to freely give him do dominion as king. He does not want to come and, and, and take our space or us by force, but he wants to come in by invitation. And when we say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life, I invite you into my thinking, I invite you into my world, I invite you into my business, I invite you into my family, in all that I do, I want to have you there. He is so pleased to come and fill that space in your life. In Matthew chapter 6, where I just quoted from in verse 33, there's a number of things that Jesus talks about there. And, uh, and, and I would urge you to read Matthew six nineteen to 33 at some time, if you could turn in your Bible to read that, you'd find it very enlightening and, and how uh, there are all kinds of things that Jesus is referring to that I have just been referring to. Uh, and, and people worry, they, they fret, they, they wonder how it's going to work out. But the final verse that I gave you is Matthew 6.33 where it says, Seek first the king, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. Because Jesus is Lord. He has been invited to be king over whatever area of your life. And because of that, all the good things you ever could dream of will be added to your life because you've made him king. You see, <clears throat> things, those who do not seek the king and the kingdom of God first are often in the end taken from people and they lose what they were seeking after. Earthly treasures depreciate and deteriorate. And if God is not in charge of everything and even economics in our life, our family, or in the nation, we're in for a lot of trouble. A master or king who is not inherently good is not good for us. There's no goodness in clothing or in money or in natural things. There's, there's the... Those things are, some of them are necessities, but that's neither here nor there. But the kingdom of God is all important. I want to show you a picture that I kind of draw. It's kind of a rough drawing, but uh, I want to show you a picture, and it'll be up on the screen for you. And, and the top of it says, the world. Uh, this is a picture of the world out there. And, and then there is a circle with an opening on the right-hand side, and that circle represents the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy, and all that resembles heaven. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, joy, and all that resembles heaven. Uh, and I said, well, how can I get into that kingdom so that I could live in that realm where, where it, life would resemble heaven? 
Well, Jesus is the door to that, and we come through the cross and through Jesus into the kingdom, and the world is still out there. However, the kingdom of God is where I now live my life, and I'm, I'm protected by that kingdom and its ways and its principles. The world out there, there's... A lot of bad things, there's a lot of chaos, and in some instances it resembles hell. And there's some things out in the world that are not so bad, there's a mixture. But it's not totally satisfying. What is out in the world is not totally satisfying. Only the kingdom of God is totally satisfying. That's what we are pursuing in our lives. So, what are you seeking? What are you seeking first in your life? Is it the kingdom of God or is it another kingdom? Some kingdom out there. God has such good plans for us. And again, he wants us to have all the, uh, the ultimate of joy. He wants us to have the very, very best. And uh, our, as our message is this morning, the ultimate happy. That's what God is after. I want to illustrate something to you that happened in our family when our children were growing up. Uh, almost everybody, you know, in North America wants to get to, to Disney World or Disneyland. Disneyland's a lot smaller than Disney World in Florida. Uh, but everybody kind of has, a, you know, a lot of people have a goal. Oh, I want to go there one day just to see Disneyland or Disney World. Why? Because, you know, for some people, it's a, it's a little, almost a little taste of heaven on earth. And uh, so Walt Disney set up something for children and for adults. That is maybe what people could say, uh, some of the best the world has to offer. And it was very imaginative, this Disneyland and Disney World that he built. We lived in central British Columbia, and our children were, you know, about, I think the first time we went, they were maybe around eight, ten years old, and we drove 2,900 kilometers. And... Uh, that's a long drive with children in the back seat. And we were pulling a tent trailer, and, and it, was, it was quite a journey that we took to go and see this mouse and all the other stuff around Mickey Mouse and, uh, and, uh, and that whole park, that whole theme park that was built for people's enjoyment. And again, what people won't do to get a little bit of enjoyment. We drove 2,900 kilometers one way. And uh, the journey there was, well, you know how it can be. Uh, children need to be entertained. Those days we didn't have have built-in screens for kids to watch. We didn't have all of, you know, the, the entertainment that a lot of kids have these days. And so, you know, we'd do everything from singing songs to playing games, but then the kids would get bored and, 
And, you know, they would be drawing lines in the, in the back seat of the car saying, uh, don't you come on my side. And the other ones say, don't you dare come on my side. And then we'd hear, oh, they came onto my side. And then a fight would erupt. And you know how it is with kids. And we did all of that to get, it, to, get to, to this kingdom of Walt, that Walt Disney had, uh, had uh, devised. And, uh, however, when, when we got there, it was a little taste of heaven, heaven, not, not the real heaven, but it's a little snapshot of what maybe, uh, some of the joys of heaven could be a little bit like. Here's a natural illustration of, of a spiritual eternal thing. I'm, I'm convinced that we can experience a great degree of real heaven if we will allow Jesus to become king in whatever area we are operating in in this life long before we ever get to heaven. In other words, I'm saying that we can experience heaven now. We know that heaven is the ultimate. I want to go there. Put up your hand if you want to go there and say, yay, I want to go there. It's the ultimate. And um, you might ask, you know, how, how, where, does this, where does it all start? How can, I get, how can I get into this kingdom where the king is ruling and he's creating a di different atmosphere? It's like I'm on a journey and all of a sudden I have an opportunity to enter into this, into this realm called the kingdom of God, which is, a, which is a, like heaven. I want to, first of all, give you this. Number one, I believe when we're born again, we begin to see and we begin to enter the kingdom of God. There's two terms used in John chapter 6, John chapter 3, verses 3 to 7, he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then later he talks about you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see, being born again of the Spirit of God is about having Jesus Christ come into our life, forgive us our sins, and cause a new birth so that our spiritual eyes are open and we can see. And more than that, we can actually enter the realm or the sphere of the kingdom of God, even as I drew that circle a little earlier. There's a sphere that we come into because we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust him and we say, Jesus, you are my king and we enter into the kingdom so that our eyes which were blind are opened and where the door was closed, it's now open to enter. Jesus said, I am the door and we can enter into that kingdom, into that sphere and we can know what it is to, to experience something that's really out of this world. That's really what it is. You know, coming into the kingdom of God is, is com coming into something that's out of this world. It's, it's a whole heavenly spiritual realm whereby we now experience 
God in all of his glory and goodness, his presence comes into our life and, and we're born again. Jesus explained in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus how one could be born again by believing on Jesus. Number two, make Jesus king in all areas and all decisions. In all our ways, the Bible tells us we should acknowledge him. Uh, Saturn and I, in our lives, when we started out young, we were destined to do uh, work in, in the kingdom of God. We began to learn what it was to commit our lives totally to God in all areas. So when we would make a purchase, whether it was a car or something, we would pray about it. We'd acknowledge God. Say, God, what about this? Lead us. Lead us to do the right thing. Lead us to make the right decision. Because the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I'll never forget holding my wife's hand and we were needing a car because we didn't only drive a car for ourselves. We, 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 we drove our car to bring people to church. And, uh, and I remember holding her hand and praying, God, does, is, if this is your will, open the door. Give us the right deal here. Right on the, right on the car lot we did that and God gave us what we needed at that time and filled our needs so that we could be a blessing. So in all our ways, we acknowledge him. That's making God king in practical terms. And number three, we partner with Jesus in everything that we do. We find out where he's going and we join him in that. This is about walking in the spirit, growing into his likeness more and more, loving and giving as he gave even to the point where we, we, we might re, uh, surrender the most difficult things in life. But we know at the end there will be joy. Even as Jesus even took this difficult, difficult route that was designed by the Father for him to have to go to the cross and die a painful death, the Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He saw beyond the cross, he saw that there would be many that would come into eternal life and experience the joys of the kingdom of God and he saw that and he rejoiced in that. And so we, in a similar way, partner with him to do even the difficult things. Paul the Apostle said one point in 2 Corinthians 8, 2, the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia in the midst of a very severe trial, they were over, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up into rich generosity. Again, difficulty sometimes is mixed into life, but there is an overriding joy that carries us through the difficulties, and we act accordingly. They re Paul requested with joy. He prayed with joy. He shared with joy. He was, there was joy in, and like-mindedness with many in his life, and and uh, there was joy in the fellow workers that worked with him. Uh, there was joy in the Lord. It's joy, 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 joy that you read of in the, in the life of Paul. And the book of Philippians is a, is a book where Paul was in prison and he wrote this epistle of joy. And joy 
overwhelmed and carried him because Jesus was king of his life. What is the ultimate joy? I believe it is entering the kingdom. It's having Jesus on the inside and the Holy Spirit filling us as we walk with God every day of our lives. It grows in us as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. It develops further as we walk continually with Jesus by walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit so that our, our lives are filled with his joy because he is our joyful king. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the coming of Jesus really was this. It was about bringing good news that will cause great joy to all people. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is we can have a great measure of heaven right here and now, which will take us into heaven throughout all of eternal all of eternity. The Lord has done great things for us. We are so glad. Restore our fortunes like streams in the desert. We shall return with songs of joy, said the psalmist, because of the reaping that we experience. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend, and the worship team is going to come at this time and lead you. God bless you.
together right now oh come on I think there's more in you than that give God all of your praise in this place right now I want to thank Pastor Tim for that message just now talking about the kingdom of God how if you want ultimate joy in life you can't have it without the kingdom of God in our lives that's what we were born for that's why we have breath in our lungs it's because you and I we've got a God-sized hole in our heart that only God can fill and speaking of the kingdom of God, I don't know about you, but I found that in this past season, there have been so many elections, haven't there? You know, here in Vancouver, BC, we had a provincial election across Canada. We had a federal election in the States. They're just coming out of a presidential election along with other elections. There's just been a lot of people being elected to power, changes in power, that kind of thing. And I, I got to tell you this, is that praise God that with the kingdom of God in our lives, there comes joy there comes peace, there comes hope, there comes forgiveness, there comes purpose. And if you could use a bit more of that in your life, if you could really, really use God's joy, peace, forgiveness in your life, then I want to lead you in a prayer right now to receive that. It comes when we realize how much we need God. Just like Pastor Tim said, the kingdom of God comes not by force, but by invitation. And so I want to encourage you to say this prayer with me just as an invitation to God. Say, God, I need more of you in my life. Would you, would you forgive my sins? Would you allow Jesus Christ and his love, his hope, his joy to fill my life, his peace to fill my life today? If that's you and you realize you need that, why don't you lift your hand to God right now? Why don't you lift your hand as an expression of your need for God? And why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? If you want the kingdom of God, the joy, the peace, the forgiveness, the hope that comes with it to rule over your life, then I'm going to encourage you right now just to pray this prayer with me. You say, dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my sins that you rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart. Please forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says that if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, that you are indeed forgiven of your sins. You're a child of God. You're a citizen of heaven, not because of all or anything that we did, but all because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, I would encourage you right now, a big congratulations to you. Would you go to uh, and just touch that link that says, I commit my life to Jesus, or you can touch the word believe to 604-285-5770, and we'd love to connect with you. Love to give you a gift and some resources to help you and encourage you in this new decision that you've made to receive Jesus Christ into your life. For, for, for all of us here, I want to pray one more prayer with you. And how many of us know that when any government comes to power in our world, in our country, in the U.S., in Canada, when any when any president comes to power, any 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 prime minister comes to power, any government comes to power, how many of us know it takes time? Though officially there's already a change in power, how much that government starts to actually affect the land that it rules actually takes time. And that in different industries, different areas, it'll take time for that new government to start exercising its rules, its new policies, its new way of doing things. And the same goes for our relationship with God. Is that you can invite Jesus Christ into your life just like you did just now, but it's another thing to give God the time, the space, to partner with him, to allow you him to take rule over other areas of your life for the glory of his name and for your blessing as well. And so if you're in this place and you realize there's an area of your life specifically where you especially want God's reign, God's rule, God's help, God's peace, God's wisdom. Maybe it's in the area of family. Maybe it's in the area of your future. Maybe it's in the area of finances. Maybe it's about, you know, something to do uh, with, you know, your, 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 your sex life. Maybe it has something to do with, you know, your priorities, the way you manage your time. Every one of us, we have areas where maybe the kingdom of God needs to rule a little bit more strongly or a little bit more. And so if that's you in this place and you realize you've got that, you want God's rule, to reign over that one or two or three areas of your life, I encourage you to give that to God right now. And if that's you, I want you to lift up your hand to God right now and just invite you to start to talk to God right now. And just in your own words, just welcome God. Since the kingdom of God doesn't come by force, but by invitation, you can say, God, since you're here, would you take rule and would you help me, give me wisdom to know how to make you king over my finances, how to make you king over my marriage, how to make you king over the way I look at my future, how to make you king over the way that I conduct my time or, or, or or my body, or whatever it is, that I'm going to invite you right now to just give this time to God. Why don't you start talking to God from your heart? Don't wait for me to stop talking. Just start talking to God in your own words. He's here. He loves you. He's listening. Just start responding to God in this place. Amen. Just start talking to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Why don't you repeat this prayer after me and say, Dear Jesus, you are the King. And I ask you today to reign in my life in the specific area of, and why don't you just name that area, whatever area it is where you need more of God's reign and rule in your life, more of God's peace, more of God's wisdom. Just name that area right now. Just take a, a moment just to do that. And we just say, God, in this area, I ask for you and your wisdom, your presence, your peace, your guidance, your help, so that this area of my life would glorify you and that I would experience your blessing in this area. I thank you that you are with me and that because you're with me, I can say the best is yet to come. I give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Praise God. Praise God.
Well, as we close off our service, well, a couple things we're going to do. First off, if you call Throck Church your home church or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, it's time to give your faithful tithes, your generous offerings. Let's give first to God, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And not only does he add everything we need, he also He also builds his church through us. And so let's give to God first. And uh, let me just pray for you as we end off our service today. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for every single person here. Thank you, God, that you know the plans you have for them. Plans to prosper them and not to harm them. Plans to give them hope and a future. In those specific areas of our life where we especially need your rule, your reign, your peace, your wisdom, we ask for that today. We ask, God, that we would help, that you would help us to partner with you in those areas of our lives so we can experience more of your peace, more of your blessing, more of your presence, and give glory to your awesome name. So we thank you so much today. We thank you that the kingdom of God is here and the best is yet to come. We love you. We give you praise and pray all of your blessing, your peace, your presence, your promise, hope, strength, healing, wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give God another big hand, a big shout in the space together right now? Praise God. That brings our service to a close. We're going to hand it back to our online hosts. Mwah. We love you guys. Have an amazing Sunday and the rest of your week. Praise God. God is with you. The best yet to come. We'll see you guys next week for the start of our new money management series. Praise God. We can't wait to see you here again. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Tim, for the ultimate amazing message today. All right, let's jump into some announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, let us know by texting NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive Stainless Steel water bottle. Check it out by clicking the link in the chat room or visiting MyThrive.info. All right, if you made a decision to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations! Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 and we have prepared gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It'll be mailed right to your door and we hope they'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you'd like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, go to MyThrive.info slash baptism. As we finished our message series called Happier You, Learning the Secrets to a Happier You, please let us know how God used the series to impact your life by filling out the feedback form on MyThrive.info. It's such an amazing series and it taught me how to give thanks, be present, take ownership, embrace my work, and forgive. Again, fill out the form on MyThrive.info. We'd love to hear from you. As Pastor JB mentioned earlier, we are starting a brand new message series on money management. Join us for a two-week message series starting next week on November 22nd to 29th. And be sure to invite all of your friends and family because it's so practical, you won't want to miss it. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at MyThrive.info. I hope you all have a lovely week ahead. And be sure to keep warm. I'll see you all next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!